As we prepare to come to the Lord's table this evening, as we prepare to welcome this message of, of Jesus Christ, come to us and also prepare ourselves to welcome Jesus when he comes again. I'd like us to think about how we are making room to do that tonight. It seems like Christmas is a time where there's always a little more room to squeeze someone in. Just thinking about this, uh, this past Sunday, if you were here at the Lessons and Carol service, it was pretty full out in the sanctuary. I had a little extra elbow room in the front row. Sometimes people don't like to be in the front row <laughs> for some reason. But back in our pew where, where Katie and the kids were sitting, I think they had, I think there were four adults and four kids squeezed into one of those little half pews. And Asher popped out halfway through and he said, Dad, it's, it's really tight back there. Can I sit with you? But that's what you do at Christmas, right? You make room. I can remember Christmases with my grandparents where we would all cram into their house and every sofa, every inch of the basement floor, right, was covered with sleeping bags. And you fit everybody in because everybody wanted to wake up on Christmas morning, right, there in the same house together. Even the gospel account, Luke in particular, of the first Christmas features this idea of making room, right, of people and animals squeezing in together. Things are, are already jam-packed when Mary and Joseph roll into Bethlehem. But they, they scoot some livestock out of the way. They tidy up a spot in that sort of front entryway of the, the, the Middle Eastern house that had animals living in it. And they turn a manger into an impromptu bed. Right? Christmas invites us to do whatever it takes to make room. Tonight I want to read to you a passage of scripture that maybe you haven't usually come across on Christmas Eve. It's not from Matthew or Luke. It's actually from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. But it's a, it's a group of believers who were in and around the city of Ephesus, and they were used to this idea of squeezing in together, of making room for each other, because it was a, a Jewish and Gentile mix. Right? These were, were people who did not formerly belong together, get along together. And yet God was doing this incredible thing through the person of Jesus Christ, through the cross of Jesus Christ, Paul says in Ephesians. And so in the middle of that letter to these people who are squeezing in and, and making room to worship alongside one another, this is how he prays for that group of believers. He says, for this reason, Right? In light of all that God has done in Jesus Christ, all that God desires to do on the earth in Jesus Christ. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray out of his glorious riches that he would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Tonight, as we conclude this Advent season where we've been preparing and, and we've been readying ourselves for the, the, the coming of Jesus, in his first coming, we've been reading that account, and we're also readying our hearts for him to come again. 
Tonight I want us to, to join Paul's prayer here to make room. And Paul prays that we would make room for one very specific gift. In verse 14, he says he, he comes before the Father of all creation. He, he kneels, he falls on his knees before the Heavenly Father, which is not a, a usual posture in Paul's day to pray from. You prayed standing up. You prayed with your hands held to the heavens. It was only when you were overcome with great pathos or great emotion that you would fall to your knees. But he prays to the one who holds all the glory of the cosmos in his hands. And he says, would you send one specific gift upon your people? Would you make it possible that Christ might live in them, dwell in them, that they would have space in their hearts to receive him? Literally, the, the verb here is that Jesus would be building a home inside of us. That is the gift Paul prays for. It's the gift of the incarnation. It's the gift of the Spirit's indwelling. It's the gift of Christmas. It's the gift of God with us. Or as Paul prays here, God in us. Jesus doesn't want to, to live somewhere else. He doesn't want a beachfront condo somewhere. Jesus wants a place inside of us. He wants to be next to us, with us, around us. But when Jesus shows up, we, we need God the Father's help to make room in our hearts through faith. We don't just pull out the sleeper sofa for Jesus <laughs> to bed down on. The gift, the gift that Paul prays for here in Ephesians is not that Jesus would be like a house guest, but it's inviting Jesus to, to remodel our entire way of living, our way of being. It made me think of a passage in C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Lewis, I'll just share an excerpt here. He says, imagine yourself, right, your person, your being, as a kind of living house. And he's talking about as you come to faith, he says God comes in to rebuild that house. And at first, perhaps you can understand what he's up to. He's getting the drains set right. He's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. And you know those jobs needed doing, so you're not too surprised. But then presently, he starts knocking about the house in a way that hurts that hurts abominably and does not seem to you to make any sense. What on earth is God up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. He's throwing out a new wing here. He's putting on an extra floor there. He's running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But God is building a palace. A palace he intends to come and live in himself. Tonight, you are invited, we are invited, if we haven't already, to welcome the Son of God sent into our world to build a palace 
inside of us. And that might mean pulling down a few walls. It might mean tearing out some old carpet. It might mean throwing open the things that we didn't intend for God to unearth or expose, but that necessarily need renovation in our lives. But as these verses in Ephesians make clear, God God only does this kind of renovating work because the gift of Christ living in us is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. It needs so much more space to grow in us. Let me read the last three verses of that prayer. He prays that as Christ would make his home in our hearts, he prays that we also, being rooted and established in his love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses our knowledge. Praise that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I'm going to invite you to come forward in a few moments. And if it's your desire to receive not just the story of Christmas or the message of Christmas, but the gift of God's own Son dwelling in you, living in you, shaping you, forming you, renewing you, growing hope and longing for his coming again in you, then I'd I'd welcome you to come and receive those gifts.